welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is Fret Talk number 259. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. You are joined by Lee. Say hi, Lee. Bats? Sure. What do you say? Bats. Yeah, do you not watch what we do in the shadows? Pardon? Uh, it's a, a, a Waika Tatiti uh, yeah. show. It was the show that made him famous. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. It, it's, it's all about vampires and stuff. Oh. It's really funny. It's like The Office meets vampires. I, I was really hoping you guys were familiar with it and you were going to piss yourselves laughing, but I just I mean, got these blank stares back. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we'll at least know, but I feel we're, we're a little bit remiss here because we're not introducing the man with the hair. Mr. Will Powell. Oh. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I have some hair. It, I mean, you've got a hell of a lot more hair than both me and Lee, so... It's it's very minute. it's still in a you know the Lego hair the default Lego hair that you get yeah in like <laughs> Lego sets yeah I mean so have I but it's it's all pretty much south of my chin yeah okay oh. you got hair that is very very Robert Smith of you uh, there Lee <laughs> it is quite yeah indeed you get him a chorus pedal start warbling indeed you get, like mixtapes in the middle of Chichester. You've got you've got chorus pedals. You are not bereft of chorus. So we're on episode number two fifty nine. You're joined by me, Mister Budget Pedal Chat, by Lee, and we are joined, of course, by Mister Will Powell with the default Lego hair. Hell yeah! Um, so, how been ya, chaps? How been ya? We am all right. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> if I could do like the full black country. Like thing, yeah. Really wondered where you were going with that, mate. (laughs) My sister-in-law is um, her family's all from the Black Country, and I very, very much need subtitles. Mm -hmm. It's you. If I can remember, it's like you're right, me cocker. Indeed, Uh, yeah, we're right, me cocker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I just lose lose it after that. And I assume that is, hey, how are you? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing well, my my good fellow? Yeah. That's if, I get, need, like, if I could get it translated into Bridgerton, that'd be great. <laughs> like, yeah, like extremely <laughs> British subtitles. That'd be that'd be brilliant. Um, but yeah, Fantastic. so I think what we're going to do, because uh, there's this specific reason, we mentioned this last week, uh, but there's a specific reason why we got you on the cast this week, isn't there, Will? We're going we're gonna... it's, to... It's the hair again, you know, we have just got to... <laughs> no, no, there's a better reason. Tell us the secrets of your hair. My... Uh, I wake up every morning. Um, and it did, I think didn't most fall of out. us do, to be honest, mate. Oh, yeah, I mean that's where I'm going wrong, isn't it? <laughs> that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> I wake up and I have hair. See, but hey ho, doesn't matter so, if he shaves it off the night before; it, it just grows back. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's back again. It's like a, <laughs> the uh, the most useless superpower. Yeah. That was um, that was in Interview of the Vampire, wasn't it? Do you remember when Claudia like cut all her hair off and then she like looked yeah. in the mirror as it came back? Not seen that movie, I'll be honest. Is it any good? Interview? Yeah. I'm finding out a lot about Lee that he's quite into vampire shows and <laughs> it, it makes me think that he may have been unironically watching Twilight, all yeah. three of them back to back. Wait until he shows you his Twilight like tattoo. 
No, I, I have seen them all because my wife fucking loves them and it's it's not good. It's not good. No. No, it's not. It's, it's like it's really... there are so much better vampire shows. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> I mean, in our I, new I'll podcast what, section, it, interviews got a TV show starting next. I think it's next month. So I'm I'm quite excited about that. I I really liked the Anne Rice books when I was younger. Isn't she the one who used to run about in a helicopter and, and do challenges? <laughs> I've no idea who you're talking about. I mean, that's a that's a British <laughs> reference right there. That's right, Annika okay. Rice. She, Annika she Rice. God, yeah. oh, have you seen her? Like, I I googled her recently for some reason. I think I was, we were talking about her, my wife and I, and um, we uh, she she looks almost exactly like she did. Yeah, like, she... how how has she done this? She's still yeah. wearing like the same yellow jumpsuit and everything. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the the like shell suits. Oh dear, that is a that's a fashion that we're glad went away. Yeah, that but... was that was odd. It was just like people wanted to be set on fire or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Will is looking incredibly incredibly placed. You, you were so, probably in America at this point. A- Annika. Rice. So back Rice. In, back in the uh, like late eighties, early nineties, there were these horrible, uh, like quote unquote, sports suits that people would wear, and they were okay. made of horrendously flammable material. I mean, everyone looked like a superhero. Mm, like a shit. There's superhero. a lot of bold colors Chabby here. Let superhero. me tell you. Yeah, I mean that. That's basically that is yeah bold colors. I remember having. We went on a- Dancing with the Stars or Come Dance with Me or whatever the show is. I don't know. Yes, she I probably bet she did, was good yeah. at it. Yeah, she's she quite. Like, she didn't really wear the, the the yellow jumpsuit in that. So, <laughs> but yeah, she, she she was of the era of like Noel's House Party and all that sort of thing, weren't she? Yeah, classic kind of stay stay in Saturday night te- television. I used to really enjoy Noel's House Party as well. It was proper funny. That was. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. No. Mr. Blobby and all it, that. It's chats like these yeah. that make me glad I don't pay the license fee. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Right, we we've got some we've got some stuff that we need to talk about. Uh we've got to warm it all up. Uh both me and Lee are gonna talk about some some stuff that we've done this week and then we're gonna go 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 in on the uh the big loud tone. Sure. But first I'm gonna I'm gonna be self indulgent and talk about a video that I will have released by the time that this comes out. Uh, it is a video for the No Talk All Toad series on the Mosky Black Rat, which uh, Lee is definitely into there. The I wonder mo- what circuit that is. Mm. Is there any way it's, you it's can tell? It's a screamer, mate. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah it sounds like it. Just a really, really heavy one that uses a Motorola op amp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it does use a Motorola op amp, then... Hats off to them. Um, I'm imagining it definitely doesn't now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not using. <laughs> it's not using the free hour. Whatever jelly bean thing they can find for five cents on the the Chinese factory floor. That's it. It probably is just a five cent piece, isn't it? Just like maybe even cheaper. Yeah. How um, does it sound? How does it sound? Does it sound good? Because that's the key. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. So Mosky, one of these, um, one of these companies. That there are very few pedals that they produce that aren't actually really, really good. So they're the ones who do the the Silver Horse, which is kind of ubiquitous. They do the Spring Reverb as well, which you see on loads of people's boards. 
this yeah. this very much is along along the same ilk. It's like a classic, uh, classic pedal, done like relatively cheaply, but it still sounds very good. Like the the noise floor on it's uh, acceptable considering it's very high gain, and it's got both a turbo and a uh, I think they call it vintage mode. So like your regular rap mode and then a turbo rap mode, um, and like extremely extremely usable. Uh, I was really impressed. I'm not the biggest rat fan, but I uh, I found myself playing it more uh, more than I needed to for the demo. So I mean that's mm. that like speaks to the the quality of it. Um, and at forty one pounds, that's a pretty reasonable budget pedal. Indeed, yeah. Look, so. it very much falls within my wheelhouse. That does uh, absolutely. Well, what I really want you to do is to um, stack it with one of your clon pedals. I um, can do that. It's one of the best combinations. Well, ever. just a rat and a clon put together. Indeed. Well, I, I mean, funny you should mention that today. I was I was playing about with a clon, a certain clon pedal with, that I'm not going to mention the brand of just yet because it will it will spoil the surprise for when the the actual video comes out. But I was uh, like, I was doing a bit of research on clon stuff, um, and obviously John Mayer's name came up. You think, okay, like how how is he using that? Um, so you, like your regular way of using it, like backing off the gain and using it to kind of brighten up your amp tone, yeah, like a kind of standard way of using it. But then he also uses it stacking it into a tube screamer, which I would have thought, hmm, like. That's not gonna really do much if you've got like a quote unquote transparent style boost going into like a really mid humpy boost. It's just gonna be like mid humpy. Like it's just it's gonna take the characteristic of the the tube screamer if you're stacking it into it. But it's actually like a really good sound. It's worth trying. I mean, like that cascading gain, clones, unless you're running the gain. Uh, above 50 percent yeah you're not actually doing a lot of clipping so it's mostly just boost yeah um, and it's that kind of gentle upper mid push going yeah. into the like, about a thousand hertz yeah yeah and then going into the the tube screamer which is a, a lower mid push and about it kind 800. of yeah it, it so it what it seems to it me is. that it's doing is it's it's kind of really laser focused in that mid range so you're pretty much only getting mid-range but it's rather than just having like the lower mid boost it's going like the whole of the mid-range so you're getting this really big thick um like warm lead tone and like even though it's the other way around sorry the um the tube screamers are 723 but the the clon is around 1k yeah yeah no one wants a 1k Um, clone but the that the reason the um the the clon and the rat work so well together is they both push at the same place. Okay. So you're getting like a really hyper focused one K Yeah, it it just Bonk. it it takes your sound. Uh, they they're like very, very similar beasts, the rat and the clon, in terms of one's just I mean one's uh, a... I don't know, I know a distortion of the other. One's an overdrive, one's a distortion, but they're very similar. <laughs> I was gonna say um, one's a tiny animal, one's a horse with a man on top. 
They're different beasts, my friend. Different beasts. I mean, if I'd said centaur and rat, that would have made sense. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's kind of like you're you're boosting your your lead tone, so you retain your your rat sound, yeah. but you just get a really great lead tone. Oh, uh, so it's like like supercharging the rat. So that makes sense. Turning it up to eleven. What, what's really interesting about the the rat and the clon is if you if you just looked at the actual bit of the clon that's doing the distortion because the clon is actually just really a mixer circuit it shares more in certain uh, similarity with like literally basic audio mixers than it does with well like a you know basic mixing desk yeah. schematics than it does with any other drive um but yeah it's it's a standard sort of like op amp clipping stage but it's the thing that surprises most people about it is it's hard clipping, and mm. um, the clone is. Yeah. So it, it's just the way that it mixes in with that uh, that sound, and it, it makes you think of like what other stuff could you put in place of that clipping in the clone? Like, could you put other things in there? One of the reasons to mix in it'd be really of, interesting. Sorry, one of the reasons that the hard cl- hard clipping surprises people is because they don't use it with the clipping engaged. Most people Pretty use much, yeah. it. Yeah, so it's not until the the uh, gain is up to about two o'clock do do the diodes actually kick in, and uh, and then you know people are like oh, you shouldn't run a shouldn't run a clon past one o'clock, and I'm like, and you also want it to have <laughs> the magic diodes. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Are you fucking well, this stupid? This is why, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Clone Siberia. We're going to bring out a version of it that was just boost only, with, with no clipping stage, which is really cool because then it, it it's basically just a cool treble section and an output control. And I mean, that's it. That's what um, like a treble booster. <laughs> that's what the. Well, that's more or less what it is. The tone control on it is entirely like an active uh, treble control. So it it would just be a modern version of that kind of yeah. So JSA do the little treble maker, which is essentially that. Oh, cool! Um, and they've they've been doing that for years, and it sounds great. Years, years, years and years. You love Simon years. stuff. Years. Yeah, yeah. So Simon's awesome. wicked. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've got two of them somewhere, and they they are absolutely fantastic circuits. Um. But yeah, so I was I was playing with the clock, um, playing kind of John Mayer style tracks. So we've got that to look forward to. My clone shootout video comes out soon. I've, I still have not watched it, so I still don't know which uh, which clone I rated the best. Oh right, the um, yeah, the one that you did for Tonepedia. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very <laughs> apprehensive, <laughs> very anxious. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, some, like, some of the brands are made. Uh, some of the pedals are made by my friends' brands. So I'm, I'm yeah. like, God, what did I say? That's it. Yeah, yeah. You've got like the the kind of lower end Chinese clones, and then versus the real thing, and Lee's like blindfolded doing a shoot out on him. He's gonna be like, Oh, yeah, this sounds really, really good, and it will be like a Chinese wish clone. What was interesting is uh, I think from what the guys were saying because they couldn't remember which ones I'd said were great or not either because it had been a really long day, um, and um, but they seemed to remember that one of the Chinese ones I said was absolute shite, 
and one of the um chinese ones i said was absolutely brilliant so um yeah it, it, i find that interesting because i was under the assumption that most chinese brands were the same pedal yeah yeah there's there's a lot of kinds of cross brand pollination isn't there where it's mm. like you'll find like a Moore circuit board in like an X5 or or whatever. I don't know if those are the actual brands that that are, uh, will will have done this. So don't quote me on it and don't take it as as written Moore or X5. But that kind of thing where you'll see like a another brand's circuit board in in your other brand's mm. pedal. It's called right. white labeling. Yeah, it's something that a lot of companies do in uh, lots of other industries. Um, but in like MI, like musical instruments, most people don't like that kind of vibe. They would much prefer each one to be as like specific thing. Like, you know, a lot of people love the heart and soul of companies here and aren't really cool with like, you know, it's guitar audio stuff is super basic electronics. <laughs> yes, um, yes, it is. It's, yeah. And it all it comes down to a lot of the time is like parts tolerances. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not surprised that, you know, there'll be one Chinese, uh, uh, clon that does really really well but then if you get another one of that same exact same thing um the tolerances the plus and minuses on the components because uh, they're usually super cheap end stuff uh is that you'll get one that will sound amazing and then you might get another one that is just oh for whatever reason this doesn't really work yeah yeah because if it's at, like, if one of them's at the high end of the tolerance and that sounds really good and the other one's at the complete low end it could be like four percent difference in each of the components yeah exactly and it's why any any company's pedals each one sounds ever so slightly different even with the tightest tolerances yeah one could sound more bright than on the exact same setting but like the the resistance in the potentiometer inside will be different yeah yeah so that's exactly what i was going to ask so you take the same circuit but different a different make of pots even if they're the same um same same value, Distance. yeah. Same value, yeah. And um, it will sound different. That's what um, yeah. that's what Bill Finnegan from Clom was uh, saying about uh, you know take any different pedals and you know the the twelve o'clock on one game may not be the same as twelve o'clock on another game. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. That, that's totally true. Just because of that, and then you're getting into everything down the line um from that because if there's a plus and minus on pots there's a plus and minus on just regular resistors yeah because all a potentiometer is is a variable resistor i've got a story um, about that actually i, I was uh way 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 a back killer story i was no, no i was making a i was making a circuit and i there was one resistor value that i didn't have yeah it was uh, something like a 220k resistor okay but i had a 250 yeah. Like I had a, a whole pack of those. So I went through the pack, seeing if I could get something with a low enough tolerance that it would be <laughs> like the high end of a 220. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that probably worked just fine. I I, I didn't get one that was close enough for me to to warrant you it. You could have done... Yeah, you can If you could have found the appropriate in. resistor, you could have done it in parallel. Yeah. And that yeah. Um, would change the resistance value. Mm. I, it, yeah, it... Capacitors and resistors. You, if you put two series capacitors together, it uh, doesn't increase. It like halves. There, there's calculators online that you can look to this. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head because I'm I'm still a beginner at you know pedal stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you could have done them in parallel, and you could have made that work. 
Yeah, I mean, I I'd gone through this this pack of like twenty resistors, looking for something that was close enough, and I it weren't quite enough. Um, and at the time, everything was incredibly cheap. So I ended up just buying a bunch more resistors. Yeah. Um, and now I've got tons and tons of pedal stuff and haven't warmed a soldering iron up in about three years. <laughs> but such is the way. I mean, I mean it, how it ended up is... worth a bomb now. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I'm sitting on a gold mine here. I've, I've got some, uh, some 4558 um, chips just lying about in there. Yeah. They've got to be worth something now, surely. Surely. Any jelly bean component like that, there there will have pre-pandemic been quite a lot saved up on store shelves. The things that are in real demand at the moment are microcontrollers. Like we talked about like the, um, what was it? The Raspberry Pi and like pick stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is It is impossible to get anything that is super reliant on like heavy silicon use. Like not transistors, I mean like actual chips. Yeah. Like microcontrollers and stuff like that um so yeah any any pedal company is struggling to get the basic stuff if you if you did microcontroller based bypass um instead of like transistor logic then yeah you might be making a few pedals that use more transistor logic with like a classic flip-flop circuit like the boss pedals use um then trying to find like a chip that should cost like two dollars now costs 20 yes yes yeah just because the shortages are are so bad and this is across all consumer electronics at the moment even cars are struggling with it yeah i mean it's it's why we're seeing uh, pedals that are like theoretically released but then are not available anywhere yeah yeah and it, it will be uh there was a great uh podcast uh that andy the guitar geek did with robert keely Okay, and he, yeah. he said, Robert Keeley said on the show that the Hydra, he released the first run of it and then completely needed to redo the entire circuit board because he couldn't get uh, one of the microcontrollers anymore. Oh, shit, man. At an economical price point. Yeah. So, and that's amazing. It's like, you've already released the pedal and now you're going to have to redesign it? Wow. Yeah, and yeah. that's Robert Keeley as well, you'd think. Yeah. Like, he's established and should have like a fair amount of buying power to be able to to finagle some uh some contacts elsewhere but yeah, i would imagine he has direct contacts with a lot a lot of the manufacturers because he can buy in such huge quantities mm. um, any anyone like that of like the people who used to be boutique but now running quite large businesses yeah um they'll go straight to manufacturer a lot of the time whereas one man band operations oh uh, yeah not a chance like yeah it <laughs> We're we're buying from whatever distro we can find parts at. Yeah, I've so. I've heard uh, heard stories on the grapevine of people having orders through certain companies and then just getting those orders cancelled because the next bigger uh, manufacturer is putting an order for the same parts. Yep. Yeah, that's fairly common, uh, and that that's one of the reasons why the uh, microcontroller shortage is so bad. Yeah, is because Taiwan Semi is just making uh, what uh, semiconductors <laughs> for. Yeah, well, I, I you know, yeah, um, Taiwan Semi is just making it's not it as big through as it the highest speed. Is it Taiwan Semi? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, I think we should we should probably uh, 
extends let's talk about lee's thing extend to yeah. lee because lee you've had an yeah. absolutely incredible uh incredible reception on a video that you released this week haven't you yeah <laughs> i mean okay <laughs> okay but <laughs> indeed it's not a race guys <laughs> indeed yeah, so no. you you released a video in fact we released a video lee we released a yes, video yes yes but uh, budget pedal chap and I both uh, had a release and it was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> it was uh, basically we've uh, we are trying to do some stuff that's a little bit more clickbaity, but without being pompously clickbaity. Like like this is the best pedal ever made, you know, not that sort of bullshit, but more like um, okay, top pe- top ten pedals of June, uh, top five choruses, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, just yeah. to try and get some more some more content that's more appealing for people uh, and this was one of the first tests of that so we um we did the um top pedals of 2022 so far uh we put a poll out into the group and we asked people you know what what's the best pedal so far and then we basically did a rundown of that it was quite simple and then Mr. PPC um, chopped it up and edited it together with the idea of keeping it nice and punchy. And you just made what was a good video into a fantastic video. And I'm so happy. I hate watching my own videos back. And I even said to you, I enjoyed it myself. So, yeah. There you I'm go. I'm really pleased with it. Really great video. And it's worth going and checking out because there's some surprise uh, some pri- surprise hits in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to spoil, kind of half half spoil one of the the entrance by saying that I really didn't rate Andy Timmons as a guitarist before watching this video. Really? And then hearing, great. yeah, I mean, he's all of the stuff that I've heard him play before has just been a bit, I don't know, a bit safe and a bit just, meh, it's okay. Look, it's, it's like textbook. Me, okay. Guitar playing. Let me tell you, there's an album that he made that I listen to a lot, which is um, Do You Like the Beatles? Uh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit of a fan of the Beatles. So he did Sgt. Pepper's, all instrumental, and it's fucking brilliant. And do you know what's amazing about that? Is He did most of it just off the top of his head from memory. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah, uh, it's it's a brilliant brilliant um album i, I love listening to because i love sergeant peppers anyway and then you go and listen to that and it's just like oh, okay i'm really enjoying these songs but i'm really enjoying some guitar music as well so yeah it was um uh, that's worth listening to uh top tip there yeah i might have to check that out but the um mm. the the playing that he did for this this guitar pedal i was just blown away i was like absolutely astounded again it's not necessarily a pedal that i it had fl- flown under our radar a little bit on the podcast. I don't think we mentioned it. Uh, and it's not the kind of pedal that I would necessarily be too much into. But like, his playing and his phrasing was just sublime. Just get in. Um, yeah. But that's yeah, that's it's, as it's... much as I'm going to spoil for this. I very much, very much urge you to watch the video because it is, it's really entertaining. You'll be surprised... You'll be surprised at some of the things that got on there. I mean, the, I, I'm getting like comments in the and uh, just on the Facebook post saying that is a great video, and you know, people are coming in. Uh, I think I think we've um, sussed out our little 
combination there. I'll, I'll film them, you chop them. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, fair play. Uh, you know, you never get that, do you? Like, well, you do, but like, I've had several people saying, like, that's a great video. You know, as if yeah. they're surprised. Oh, oh, you made a good one. <laughs> yeah, we've <laughs> been releasing them for years, mate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the last the last two videos actually we've had have done really well, which has has been a real kind of boost for the channel. We we've had the top ten and we've had the um the TC Impulse one as well that has just absolutely absolutely blown up. Mind the yeah, pun, brilliant, brilliant video. Really, so really yeah, it's, uh, I it's like that little pedal. Indeed, yeah, it's it really surprised me. It really surprised me. I, I expected it to be a good quality IR loader, but it it does a lot more. A lot more. I'm very interested to see if you can play Doom on it. <laughs> I know. I know. The, <laughs> it seems like something that you could do. Well, I could. T- I could tell you the answer if you're asking if I can play Doom on it. Is a is, is a no. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I suppose there was that um, that video for the MG effects um, dial-up that I managed to get a little bit, a little, a little doomy on. Maybe, maybe I can explore that I, again. I, I don't mean if you can play Doom music. I mean, if you can play Doom, the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. It's got, it's got a little screen. That's what Pedal Boards of Doom really is about. It's finding what pedals you can actually <laughs> yeah. run Doom on. Yeah, it's just yeah, having having a pedal board I mean, that you can play Doom on. That's uh, why we need the Raspberry Pi. I'll be isn't honest, it? it wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pedal boards that play Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, man! I think oh, we've got God. a video the idea. Of screens, have the amount of screens on my board, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I could. I definitely could on the on the core. If I if I hated Oh yeah. The core. Yeah. Which I don't, I love it. But if yeah, I hated hack it, it apart I could and... definitely hack it and um, play Doom on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I probably the core, Helix, um probably anything that could have that has a Raspberry Pi type thing and a screen with more than like sixty four by sixty four pixels. Yeah. Probably reasonably play Doom. <laughs> oh, it, it wouldn't be a pretty experience. But you, I mean, oh, no, but that's not really the point, is it? No. <laughs> head rush would look good, though, wouldn't it? Oh, they've got, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. They've got massive. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I've played Doom or, um, on worse. You know, the, like, um, uh, who does the the poly, like the pink uh, one? Um, three oh, buttons, yes. giant screen. Do you mean the Bebo? Yeah, there's there's a poly one in there as well. That poly might be the um... poly effects is the name of the company. Is it? Hang on. Yeah, and the Bebo is the yeah yeah because uh, the there's a big poly the on the top of it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. One hundred percent. Those could run Doom. The Justin Bebo. Yeah, but to run <laughs> Doom. Right now, now we've mentioned Doom and and all of that good stuff. We should probably. Probably talk to our Will about about a little little something that you've released this week. Well, well yeah. last week, sorry. This is not a pedal you can run Doom on, uh, unfortunately. It hasn't got a screen. Uh, but this is, well, you guys have, have all seen it, but this is the big loud tone. I've got Woo! one here. That, I'm a- this is one I made earlier. Um, 
Yeah, it is a uh, very, very versatile amp-like gain stage that is derivative of a blue over driver from Japan. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So it it kind of it takes that ball and runs with it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So it. Uh, so it, in any sort of things, it, it's not just a straight clone. I yeah. changed probably every single component in there and revalued a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, just to get kind of the sound I was looking for. So I I was in the studio. Uh, we were recording our last EP, and and I was playing a super, uh, very overweight modified version of this circuit mm-hmm. uh, into a Black Star um, that yeah. I was playing at the time. And I just couldn't get the right amount of chug on this clip. And I was really struggling with flipping the switch, being like, there is a realm in between these two settings that yeah, I need to get to. It's where you need to but, be, but you can't get to it. Yeah, be- but like, I just can't get to it. Yeah. So uh, that that kind of started a journey where I went and tried to find every single version of uh, a Blue Overdrive from Japan cloned pedal and there's not many to be honest yeah um yeah it's definitely uh, not the find... tube screamer is it no <laughs> it is not the tube screamer that is a green overdrive from japan um but yeah it, it it was one of those things where i went through every single one of them and i was like okay this i've i've got to figure this out now I, yeah. I, i've got to have a go at this i've been tinkering with electronics before like messing around with stuff but this, this was the first time that i had an idea that i think there's a gap in the market for this type of additions to this circuit yeah. that can really actually change it from like this one kind of setting of like that pushed clean uh, sort of pedal to much more different territories. Uh, and then there was also one other problem. Uh, problem, I say, is one of those things. It's one of the quirks with, with Blue Overdrives from Japan style circuits is they can get really compressed yeah. um, very quickly. So one of the things I did was found the point that that happens in the circuit and gave it a bit more headroom. Uh, if you So what I was experimenting with is like, oh, as everyone does, let's put a 18-volt mode on, uh, on this for the entire circuit. Yeah. And like that gave it, it was way, way too headroomy. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have that experience as well of flipping between the voltage modes on something like a, a, an overdrive like that. And it kind of gets rid of the soul of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. You, know? yeah, um, you, need, you still need it, some of the compression because that's... Yeah. That you, you, you come there for the compression, but the, like, once you go past a certain game point on the, the blues driver, it, it, it almost kind of squishes too much of your tone. Yes. Like purifies, yeah. The the tone that you're getting is nice, but it's you're losing all the dynamic range as well, and it's it's kind of a sacrifice to get that tone, isn't it? Yeah. So so that was that was the introduction of like the feel switch was finding that exact point where I can just give it a little bit more headroom, um, and we you still get the drive and compression you expect, but it extends the usable range of the gain. Yeah. Uh, instead of like on the classic versions of those circuits. Um, anything but a past fifty percent is just fuzz. Yeah, but this gives it a whole other range of higher gain that you can get to out of this type of circuit. Uh, so yeah, the, the controls on it are big. So that is the super uh, overweight modified type <laughs> thing, but on a knob rather than on a switch. Yeah, um, and then uh, 
So big, loud, tone, gain, feel. A lot of those are self-explanatory, uh, but feel is uh, a compression amount. Um, and it, re- it really changes the feel of, of, of the pedal massively. Yeah, so you've got so, the you've got the difference between like the uh the kind of the dynamic um mode and then the the really really like gunned gun damp mode where it's yeah. kind of sharting itself. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, if you look at the waveform, it is actually going to pure square wave. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, running a, a, a an oscillator like an oscilloscope through it yeah and just seeing the points of like i really like it when it's here what's happening when it's here and it's still like quite sine wavy and nice and then you get above 75 percent, and it's just like pure square rave and you're like okay that's that's why it's fuzz yeah yeah but yeah i mean i'll, I'll share your passion for the the um blue japanese circuit as well i really do i really dig it but you guys can say it i i just can't you know, <laughs> just for legal reasons yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm a massive fan um the uh the hotone blues is one of the pedals that i always like hold up as a as a wicked example of that um yeah it's one of the ones that i've championed on my my uh thingy as well and I, i've noticed the same thing as yourself because it, it's got the mod switch on it which does very similar to i assume what your uh big big chunky mode on on your um boss pedal did and it, yeah you you put that in and it's it's a bit much yeah yeah and you it, it gets more bassy at higher gain as well so it becomes less noticeable with less gain um but when you go into that higher gain land on that pedal yeah if if you want like a fuzz mode out of that circuit you engage whatever bass facilities that pedal has yeah yeah it's um it then makes it a really 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 versatile pedal uh so we we've talked about the uh like how it came about and whatnot how about the the development process of of the pedal of what um you've you've had it in development for for a little while now a little while yeah um what things have you have you come across that were were a bit of a challenge um in that uh well so i i did seven main prototypes of this circuit before i got to the point where i was happy with it yeah um obviously there's teething issues of this being my first time trying to make a commercial product yeah so uh you know getting the the parts values right getting the consistency of the components and stuff like that yeah um but it, it was really kind of dialing in with those sounds. And this it, I had a lot of help too. So Because, you know, I'm a, I was a beginner at this. I still am a beginner. Uh, but, like, I had tons of help from a lot of guys in uh, the UK, you know, guitar pedal builder scene. Like Stuart Tate, Simon of JSA, Adrian Thorpe, uh, Joe at Halo Sailor. All of these guys helped me out massively. Yeah. Um, just by uh, not telling me <laughs> to piss off when I was, like, asking really basic questions. Um, <laughs> So there, there were a couple things that were, uh, I'd, I'd say, a challenge. One of the things that I w- wanted to do was, I'm really big on the right to repair, and on longevity of electronic products. Yeah. Because what you don't want is someone to buy all the budget pedals and stuff like that, and then, oh, I've had, I've gone through my guitar playing phase. In the bin they go. Yeah. Like, I can't resell them because people on Amazon can just buy another one for 15 quid. It's literally not worth my time. Yeah, so sell it off. I'm just going to throw it out. And then they end up in landfill, which is awful. Um, 
so one of the cool things that I tried to do with the design was I tried to make it so that anyone could repair it really easily with just a spare part. Yeah. So the the um the power and the audio jacks and the foot switch mod are all modulized, uh, modular modularized. If that's a word. Yeah. So that if a foot switch uh, breaks, you can just yeah get in contact with me. I'll send you another one, and you can change it yourself. Um, the jacks, like both power and audio, are one of the things that breaks on pedals. Like eighty percent of repairs are that. Yeah. So if you can make it super easy to change those out, then you can save yourself a bunch of time from having a servicing department. Yeah. By just being like, here's a spare part in the mail. Here's a video on how to repair your pedal. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah, that then requires you to then make that video and and, and yeah, the... but that's easier than uh, you know servicing yeah yeah like, potentially hundreds of pedals yeah um yeah because you've you your um your jacks and your uh like your dc jacks and you um you input and output jacks they're kind of off board aren't they they're not yes yeah um because that's what you find with a lot of uh a lot of pedals like even from like the, the budget stuff even through to the like the mass produced um like bigger companies they will have these um like board mounted barrel jacks which are an absolute yeah. pain in the ass to get off if you ever need they to repair suck them. to desolder they're they're such a pain yeah and there's something about the the copper um you know with the jack switch where it's kind of like switched in a way if you if you step on the the ca- uh, the the jack or the cable that's going into it in the wrong way you can bend that so it's never in in true contact yeah so it'll the, the jack will go in there but it will just intermittently never get in yeah, and it's impossible it. to rebend them into place so yeah, like I just thought, well, look, this stuff breaks all the time. So why don't I design a pedal that is not, it's like not ready for that, but if should the worst happen, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know? It makes um, it, a, and it, it a really a really simple repair job. Even if the person yeah. who buys it is like is completely afraid of, of like soldering, yeah. you could take it to the nearest like guitar tech, amp tech, whatever, and they'll go, yeah. yeah, that's that's not a difficult job. It's literally as simple as like taking the circuit board out of the case yeah. and putting one clip on, uh, pulling. That's it. Like it, it is literally that simple. Like you can you can change the power jack, the audio jacks, and the foot switch module entirely without soldering. Nice. Like that, and I'm super big because there's really no excuse when it comes to a lot of guitar making stuff. If people can build PCs, yeah. Like why can't people repair their pedals? It, it it honestly it's not rocket science this is very basic electronics uh, hang and, on a minute it's a rocket complex science yeah, <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not rocket science yeah, it's, it's a rocket, rocket complex. complex science there we go yeah there you go but but yeah that that was something i was super big on in in the design was like almost like kind of from a frustration of a, a lot of the the guys used to make their start from oh a pedal would break and now i need to figure it out and then there was no schematics online it was really hard to find stuff until you know the online community kind of came together yeah but you see it like with john deere like locking people out of like bits of you know their tractors uh, or like bmw you can have heated seats but you need to pay a subscription all of that is just i was complete just nonsense. i was um, earlier when i was reading <laughs> a, a thing about people hacking their cars to unlock the heated seats yeah yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah, that's... so much bollocks. Why would they do that? Yeah. I really like it's being simply lobby, ridiculous. So that's, that's that's bad. Yeah. I mean, and, and all it is is just these companies trying to get more and more growth. But if you don't care about growth, 
design better products. Growth yeah. is what is fucking up the whole world. Yeah, exactly. I I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So the the design was kind of gone that way of like it should be easy to repair. Yeah. And it should be repairable by any by like the majority of the problems should be repairable by people who don't even need a soldering iron. Yeah. Like um and then also, you know, like the popular choices that everyone wants on pedals, true bypass. Obviously, this original circuit is the classic buffer bypass that most people complain about. So change it to true bypass. Fine. Top mounted jacks in a, um, you know, like the the classic boutique builder, you know, sort of thing. Uh, those were, you know, quite popular decisions that yeah. ev- everyone kind of wants pedals to be that way. So it's like, okay, fine. You know, that's easy enough to accommodate, really. Yeah. Um, uh, but the what one of the the big challenges was reducing the gain in that circuit was something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, I I think this is why a lot of there aren't a lot of clones of this particular circuit is because it's quite quite big and quite complicated. There's over probably about hundred components in this circuit versus a you know like a tube screamer that's like maybe thirty five. Yeah. So we're almost like double or tripling the amount of components that are in there. So it's really getting into those discrete op amp stages and being like, right, this is what it's trying to achieve. I'm just going to reduce that ever so slightly, tweak it in there, nip a bit of the fat off in this area and stuff like that. And it, Ooh, it's just like oh, can, super can fine you do that tuning. To me? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could to myself too. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just kind of bringing it more towards the true design goal of what this circuit was actually trying to achieve. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? It, yeah, go on. We had the prototypes of these probably two years ago. How much has it changed since then? Uh, not very much at all, audio path-wise. It's just been tweaks to power protection. Uh, so obviously, if you come along with uh, inverted 18 volts uh, or whatever <laughs> random crap, you know, a, a true tone power supply slows at you and you accidentally plug it in. I didn't want someone to blow up the pedal when, again, with very basic electronics, you can um, make a circuit that is resettable or like just offs the power um, uh, when you accidentally put the wrong polarity or the r- wrong amount of voltage into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one of, one of the tweaks. Uh, I've still been experimenting with some very slight tweaks to the final capacitor in the circuit because like the one the ones that you guys had um not afraid to say there was an ever so slight pop when you turn the pedal off and on and that's really bugging me yeah and um so that was one of the things on the the final production one that i was just like yes i finally got it of of finding where in the circuit that small voltage bleed was yeah um but there hasn't been a lot of changes since that point yeah i mean because it was a like a really really good pedal back then as well i'm glad that it's um that it's not changed fastly because yeah i was very impressed like even yeah, in those was, early stages right i i really um, liked it too i ha- there was there was stuff going on in my personal life where this pedal's actually been done for a year um yeah as you guys well know uh i unfortunately bought a, a house that at face value was just like, oh, cool, this is ready to move into. And then that really wasn't the case in any sort of way. Mm. Uh, we need to replace all of the flooring in the house within like the first day of being there. So I, I've been ready for this moment for like a year. Yeah. 
Um, but it's just been one of those things of just like I haven't had you know the money to be able to, to you know invest in parts and stuff like that. So you know it. Yeah. it's come a long way and it it feels so nice to actually be officially talking about it yeah you know yeah like we've we've been waiting waiting with bated breath being able to talk about it it's really exciting that it's come out as well mm. so yeah. now where where can people buy this because it's a it's a it's not a straight up just here you go. No, it's it's not a straight up purchase. Uh, we're doing uh, batches, so you can pre-order your place on the first batch. So I kind of wanted to do something similar to um, Analog Man. I know that's not ent- entirely very popular, um, but it's very good for someone launching stuff um, in the kind of electronics market that we're in at the moment. Yeah, is need to know what the demand truly is to then go and find the right amount of parts. Um, for this so you meet the the demand as it truly is as well as you know you're not risking more money invested than you really really ought to yeah um so you can go to a rocketcomplex.com um put in a pre-order and then we've got you know six weeks is i I will build them way quicker than that but i put six weeks as like you never want to be over schedule yeah you always want to say hey your pedal's ready like two weeks early or whatever so six weeks is kind of like you know yeah he's like playing it safe Uh, and then we just in case yeah like a a major life emergency comes up and yeah yeah. you know i'm just one guy and this is really a hobby that kind of got out of hand (laughs) um yeah (laughs) yeah the age-old tale that isn't it yeah so you know i work a day job uh it's one of those things that if people want this style of circuit there there's you know uh, other stuff on the market that you can go and get for for cheaper like this original circuit is you can go to any sort of car boot sale like you know flea market yeah and it will be under a box somewhere there'll be one and someone will go like yeah like 20 quid yeah you know? so if you really want it it's, it's available now to you today through those sources but if you want these tweaks yeah and and this kind of idea of like this curation of what I thought this circuit ought to be, then yeah, you could go to a rocketcomplex.com and place a pre-order and we'll get it to you, you know, when we can. I mean, absolutely. It's, make, it's making it like more pedal board friendly with the, like the lack of the buffer. So you don't have to worry whereabouts in the circuit is. And the, yeah. the top mounted jacks makes it space efficient for like the majority of people who have got pedal boards these days. Like, yeah, absolutely. So... It's it's ever so slightly shorter than like uh, the Hammond fifteen ninety N one cases that everyone uses, yeah. but it's the same footprint, so it will fit in with all of those pedals really nicely uh, into that sort of thing. If you've got an entire board of like Earthquake or J, uh, uh, JHS Tate effects, uh, you know all those those pedals will kind of fit into that same sort of like play area. Yeah, right on, right on. So there you go. A rocketcomplex.com is it? Yeah, a rocketcomplex.com slash pedals. And uh we'll have the the window open for I probably say like a month each time. Yeah. Just to see, you know, like what demand is at the time. Um and then, you know, once it's closed, we'll make the pedals, send them out to you, and then after that probably open the window again. Boom. So because there's a part of me that also wants to like kind of prove to people, like, you know, this is the very first like physical product, like true, like high cost physical product. Yeah that we're kind of doing i mean we made stickers before but uh, it didn't really matter if they were like a week late yeah yes so, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they, like, it's just is, one of those things that you want to make sure you got everything all right in a row yeah yeah and that's it Look, having that six week lead time gives you the opportunity to yeah. 
<laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've got hemorrhoids for six weeks and you're doing nothing about it, you need to, you need to visit a doctor, my friend. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's um, probably that has thrown <laughs> thrown me something something chronic there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so gotcha. yeah, there you go. Like, go, go check it out. You've got some uh, some videos out on the. Um, on the Air Rocket Complex YouTube channel at the moment, haven't you? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And you, you look, you can hear what they're like there, and you can put your pre-orders in at arocketcomplex.com slash pedals. Yeah. Right. We have, uh, we've got, um, we've got a hot take that um, was last week's one, uh, and then we've got a hot take for this week. So we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Our housekeeping first. Hot take last week was victory makes the best amps. Um. Which was argued by Josh, and sixty percent of the votes agreed with him. Victory. I'm, I'm very proud of the audience. Good job, audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got in there. I mean, I think yeah, both I think Will, Will and I, we both use uh, Victory amps, don't we? That you do. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. the Jack. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Actually, it's, it's so so good. And you know, it pairs up with the Kraken so well. It's just I. I yeah. It took a little bit of fine tuning to get them playing nicely together, but once they got it, I was just like, oh, and there it was. I was just like, oh my god, this is so good. Yeah, well, the jack is really great as a you know a pedal designer too, because you can be like, oh, I really need a vox type thing, and then you can flip a couple EQ settings on it and like the voice switch on the back, and then it's like, oh, I've kind of got like the vox type type thing. Yeah. I need to see what it is in high headroom Fender or like overdriving Marshall. It's all there. Yeah. So you can have one amp and design a many pedals that can kind of work in a lot of situations. Indeed. That's just fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I think that was that's what won over the, the crowd is that um victory like a lot of the victory stuff aims towards those classic sounds, but they do it in a way that refines a lot of them. And you can get multiple sounds out of out of one amp. Rather than just They're not just one trick ponies. Yeah, yeah. Like if you want a Marshall sound, like if that's all you ever wanted, like the Marshall sound, you'd be better off going and buy the Marshall. But if you want a Marshall sound, but that can also do a little bit of something else as well, then you'd go to Victory because sure. it can do it can do a breadth of of things yeah. rather than just the one tone. And I think yeah. I think they're gonna be here for a long time because like the stuff they're doing with the V four amps is like they've realized that most players aren't able to have on like a cabinet on stage anymore or a cabinet in their bedroom. Yeah. It's such a good idea putting that on your pedal board with, you know, the IRs from two notes because it 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 gives somewhere for people who really like analog preamps and stuff like that a place to go that isn't like a Helix or you know GC1000 and stuff like that. Yeah. It it's keeping that amplifier kind of alive in the modern day and I I applaud them for that because i want one <laughs> there you go there you I've go got free and, and i think <laughs> that, there you go i think that's probably where where they won over like the crowd and why why they didn't get like more of the more of the yes vote is the fact that there are those people who go well if i wanted a marshall sound i'd buy a marshall if i want a fender sound i'd buy a fender and like you can you can understand both of the sides of the argument but in like in the end Victory won it because they they do make some cracking products, cracking I mean, cracking products. You want, 
if you want a um a marshal that sounds like a 100 watt marshal but in a in something that's only like 40 watts the um the origin is good but it's not going to get it right as well as the victory stuff cuz martin is just a fucking genius he really is you know i, I still talk to him occasionally uh, and the dude is just not just a genius he is such a lovely bloke and you know everyone kind of knows martin kid uh, victory you know cornford all this sort of stuff and like yeah. can you put a face to marshall other than jim marshall who is no longer with us you just can't can you probably not no, no. Uh, like i've seen the um the same like marshall reps at shows again and again but they're as much to do with Marshall as the guy who's selling them at your local music store, I guess. Yeah, I think Marshall really want to be like hi-fi manufacturers. They want to they're doing the same thing with growth that we were talking about before. If they want to get to a wider and wider audience, where yeah, Marshall like becomes like a cultural and, icon. Yeah, yeah, and exactly like record players and shit like that. A bit like yeah, Fender so have done amp that design. So did Gibson, and that's the reason why they had to scale it back because they growthed too big. Yeah, exactly. Like, Marshall really aren't into, like, the nitty-gritty of amp design anymore, really. Like, whereas, you know, Martin Kidd is there thinking, how can I make this one design 1% better? Yeah. It's a completely different ethos of of a company. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite memories was sitting down next to him and um he was going to show me uh an amp and uh he got it he was like i was going to show you this but it's not working and he started tinkering with it because it was a prototype and just sitting there watching him troubleshoot this amp it was just like oh god i'm watching magic happen you know it it was (laughs) it, it was it wasn't as much fun as actually trying the amp i'm sure but in many other ways you know i've tried thousands of amps well no that's a lie yeah I've tried lots of amps, um, but it, this was a, a, an experience, and just sitting there watching him watching him do this was fantastic. I, yeah, I you watch like this one kid at Christmas, so I was like, wow. Yeah, he's pa- like passionate about his craft, and he's so excited to show you the amp that he's like going through it and troubleshooting it there in front of you instead of just going, nah, like the the guy's back in the in the lab, all sort of this out. Um, but anyway, we're, we're talking about last week's hot take. We've got a hot take for this week, um, which has absolutely nothing to do with Lee. Um, the hot take is... <laughs> the <laughs> He didn't want to be associated with his own hot take. Indeed. Uh, this is, it's got nothing to do with Lee. This was taken All right, okay. from... Right, my hot take is this. Right? And I don't want to piss anyone off, but I am, like I'm sure so many other people are, sick of seeing the same old circuit rehashed in a different enclosure um like tube screeners and so on so forth and and fuzzes are the big ones for this you know we've all seen like a million fuzz faces a million big muffs and so on so forth (laughs) back in my youth maybe yeah yeah back in the the 70s the way that we phrased it was the fuzz face has been done to death isn't it and that's like the concise way that we're gonna gonna argue it but we're gonna we're gonna gonna go into into the detail don't yeah, bother. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was your kind of takeaway from it, wasn't it? The, yeah, if, you, if you, the unless you're going to is... add another feature to it. So if you're going to put a bit crusher in with your fuzz, great. 
that's a cool pedal. If you're going to put like yeah. a, a double fuzz, which is stacked together, or a whole new fuzz circuit, which is just a fuzz, it could be a two knob fuzz or whatever. If it's just a fuzz circuit, but it's not uh, a fuzz face or or whatever, yeah, cool. But if you're not going to do that. Like the Razor Dead is a perfect example of this, right? Because what Stu did was said, hang on a minute, the best setting for a fuzz face is the gain turned all the way up. So I'm going to take the yeah. gain control away from you. I'm going to set it there. I'm going to give you a volume control. And there you go. You've got the best tone from a fuzz face there, and everyone loves it. That was a good idea, and it was a pretty simple idea. So it doesn't have to be a bit crusher, it can be something that's different to the norm. But if you're just going to say, oh, yeah, this is my fuzz face and it's better than a, another fuzz face because um, because yeah, I did yeah, point like... to point hand, hand wiring on it, then, yeah, no, that don't. Just just don't. Yeah, like, here's my take on, the, on this specific year fuzz face or this specific tone bender or whatever. Like, well, it's been done. We, there's... There's so many companies that do so many variants of so many fuzzies that by this point the market is so saturated that if you're getting into fuzz, if like if you're new to it, you're almost blinded by choice straight away. Yeah, and I mean it's, if you if you're learning to make pedals and you want to start out on a fuzz, do it. You know, start out on a fuzz. Brilliant. Okay, great idea, but. You know, look look at the Fuzz Factory from Zvex. That yeah. is a good take on a fuzz because he's give made it so you can like he's put potentiometers on basically every control so you can go mental. Similar to how um to how uh Zander have done it. It's a very oh, similar yeah, they, idea. Like Sorry? Zander's taken long, cer- certain circuits throughout the decades. And taken them to the nth degree, yeah. Where you've got so much tweakability in those circuits that it, it is—it's taking the original idea and run, running, running an absolute mile with it. Um, Stu's gone the the absolute other way, where he said like the the silicon fuzz face or the germanium fuzz face really only sounded good when you when you're absolutely gunning the transistors. Um, anything below that, you just you're not getting as good tone. So. I'm going to take that away from you. Make it like an idiot-proof fuzz. So, like... The the transformer isolation on the input was a stroke of genius because that solves all of the impedance issues in in every single way. Yeah, I mean... that. It doesn't matter what you stick into it now. It will just work. (laughs) Well... I beg to differ. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole philosophy with the Raise the Dead. It's just completely idiot-proofed the the fuzz and if if you look absolutely blinded by the choice of which fuzz is to go for and and like why this one sounds better than this one sounds better than this one you just go for a, a raise the dead and all of that is taken away and it's just here's a knob you turn yeah. it up it gets the loader Hello. <laughs> yeah i can i can tell you why there are so many yeah um it's the same reason there's so many electra type pedals it's because they are so low parts count that anyone can build one, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the as soon as you start going over over about twenty or thirty components, that's when you really, really need a circuit board. Yeah. Um, you can do hand wiring like stuff and point to point, but then it starts getting 
the physical size of the circuit starts getting massive. Yeah. So it, it's one of those easy ins for anyone who's, I'm a beginner, I want to make a pedal. Like, I want to launch a pedal company. What can we do? What's achievable? I know, I know. Like, I know. where I don't have to contact people in China. I know the answer. I know the answer. Yeah. Learn how to make something unique. That's, that's, that's what <laughs> that you have to do. That does require... Yeah, that re- yeah it's it a does slightly require a whole load of new skills. Yeah. Yeah. So learn yeah. new skills. Because you don't... You know, it's, yeah. that, that's the thing. It's like... It's, I, I would I would maybe even go to, uh, uh, like, a further length. Like, if you're going to release a drive pedal and it's the same as a drive pedal that's been done before, don't bother. So Will's one's exactly what we're talking about. He's, he's done it with, like, these modular parts, which is genius if i'm honest i love the idea of that like making it so people can swap the parts in and out just so they can fix it if it needs fixing brilliant it's like the opposite of what the car manufacturers are doing and then like you've got um like this other mode on it which makes it less compressed it's a different kettle of fish but if you're going to just release a tube screamer or you're just going to release a fuzz or something (laughs) like that (laughs) that's been done before just go and yeah. It's like, would you re- release a song that is the same as a song that someone else has released? I mean, Ed Sheeran's getting in trouble every year for for, for that exact <laughs> same thing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I get it from a consumer point of <laughs> yeah. view, but from the, the 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 as a start point, yeah. of like being a company, that that's why there are so many. Like most people don't want to go and learn like true really good circuit board design and then contact factories in china to be like hey can you print them because nowhere in the uk is going to make you a circuit board like under ten thousand units for an appropriate price don't have a company um yeah exactly and and that's that's fine you can still build them and flip them on ebay and stuff yeah yeah or like whatever you want to do but like that that's the reason there it's not out of laziness the truth is somewhere in the middle yeah of like this is achievable from uh, like I can actually make these in a way that doesn't need all of this forethought and a PCB and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we, what... Those are all things I had to learn of like, yep, I got to get in contact with factories in China because I need to get PCBs made. What I want to yeah. see and... is people use, using that, that creativity that we have as musicians to experiment with music i want to see the the pedal builders who are musicians doing that and coming up with new choruses and new new modulations and new reverbs and these sort of things like like i've talked spoken about ac noises a few times before and and they did the ammo which is a bit crusher reverb which they can't keep it in stock because everyone loves it, it and it sounds like it should sound like shit, but it doesn't. It sounds amazing. More of this, because there is almost an infinite amount of different pedals we can make. Why do we keep releasing fuzzes? Yes. Yeah, yeah oh, I, I, I get you. I think uh, gain stages are a lot easier to learn than programming. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. So it, it's no down to you, the the listener. And viewer, I guess, because you'll be you'll be voting for it in the in the Fret Talk podcast group. Uh, It will be first. The first face has been done to death, and there will be some appropriate um, positive response and appropriate negative response. I can't guarantee that it won't have some form of 
words daddy in it. Right, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there anyway. We're gonna go. We're gonna do one one little bit of news, then we're gonna we're gonna wrap it because it, we're we're already over the hour. I could probably trim a little bit, trim a touch trim a to get bit. us down to, down to an hour, but we'll we'll keep it. As That's it. definitely not the cure. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not. No, we're not going to do that one. We've got a guy, and this one's a really weird one. And I'll explain as to why I'm I'm doing this one for the news. Fender Custom Shop Minium, Minions Master Builds. Oh, I know why you're doing this. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> yes. So, the Fender <laughs> Custom Shop have released four um, Master Builds. They've they've released the uh, Strato Stewart, which is um, <laughs> like a red Stratocaster with. Basically, the minion Stuart on the scratch plate, I think. So that one's quite subtle. Then you've got the Otto Moon base, which is a, I think it was a P base. That's with the scientist, like isn't a, it? The mad scientist. Yeah, right? with yeah, yeah, with a with a graphic of like moon esque stuff. Uh, then you've got and there's a uke as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the King Bob ukulele, mm-hmm. which is basically the entire front of the ukulele is King Bob. Um, and then you've got the. Uh, Cosmic Kevin with a K, so it's Cosmic with a K and Kevin obviously with a K, which on the on the back of the um, the acoustic is basically Kevin, the arguably most famous minion. Uh, so you'd expect these to be quite pricey coming out of the custom shop. You wouldn't expect them to be this pricey though. Um, but the oh, I have just seen it. Oh my there god! There is a reason for it. So the all of the uh, all of the proceeds from this are going to the what was it? The Fender Play Foundation, which will um, fund like music programs around the US, which is a, a really cool, um, really cool thing to do. However, however, if you look at these as a product themselves, I find it very difficult to to see who these are for. So $48,000 for the Strato Stewart, 50000 for the Otto Moon Bass. The King Bob ukulele is 50000 50, for a ukulele. And then 71500 for the Cosmic Kevin Acoustic. Look, I, I, I need to put my cards on the table here. I, I know you, you think this is ridiculous, but as a big Minions fan, I have ordered all four. And um, I'm proud of it. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the Fender Play Foundation thanks you, uh, but yes, it it is ridiculous. Like, it's it's for the 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 new release of the new Minions movie, isn't it? The uh, it, the yeah. Rise of Gru. No, I have not. It's good. I, I'd imagine it would be like the the um, Despicable Me movies and the Minions movies are a lot better than they deserve to be. They they are just quite well-written children's movies. Uh, they're, um, they've got a good premise to them. You know, it's it's from the yeah. from the opposite sort of like spectrum, isn't it? So end of the spectrum. So yeah, it, it's pretty cool. But yeah, these Steve, guitars... Steve Carell's really good as well. I, re- I really like Steve Carell. However, yes, these guitars, very difficult to see where that, like the, the Venn diagram for like massive Minions fans and people who have the best part of like like fifty thousand dollars just ah, kicking about for but, a win. But Zen diagrams are done to show you a crossover of like how many, how much of a crossover there is. There's yeah. only four of these guitars, so that 
that's three fingers there's four <laughs> so yeah there's only four of these guitars so it, it doesn't have to have a huge crossover literally there has to be four yeah my argument would be however that the crossover is is non-existent there is about a three inch gap between the two circles on this venn diagram i don't think that's what it's about i don't think these guitars were made to sell i i think that uh is it dreamworks i think it's dreamworks uh it's probably just marketing thing between them illumination them isn't it illumination okay there you go yeah um so i think this is more a, spell a marketing stunt <laughs> did he just do a spell what? on us <laughs> i put a spell I on you done. illumination yeah. um yeah, but uh, I think that's more what it is. Because, like, you look at the Final Fantasy guitars that came out from Fender. Like, they have a, a pick set. Five picks is 35 quid. Ooh. Like, that's Where that's crazy. Up? But that, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's about brand recognition. Yeah. I think it's about tapping into reminding, you know, Minions fans, hey, Fender's a thing. Look at these guitars. I mean, you're not, you can never have them, but you could buy other you're ones. You're not going to be tapping in on a, on a King Bob ukulele. I wouldn't have thought, anyway. <laughs> you never know. You never know. The Van Halen but, licks. But I think that's what it's about. Yeah. I don't think these are made to sell. Even the charity ploy in there is like, yeah, I think this is a marketing thing entirely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's marketing there. Yeah, don't get me wrong. However, the reason the reason that I brought this up is because I, I shared this on uh, on the Budget Pedal Chap um, Instagram account. Being not so kind about the the range... I was quite cynical about it, like in a in a generally quite polite way. But it was clear that this post was ridiculing these guitars. I got a like from a from an account that had like a blue tick. I was thinking, who's that? Looked looked to it. It says John Cohen. So I thought, well, might as well follow and have a look. Look who this chap is. Only the producer of the fucking Despicable Me and the Minions movies, aren't he? <laughs> so there's my claim to Amazing. fame. Uh, like, I went through his Instagram account, actually. I went like, through the last couple of posts, and he seems like a, re- like a genuinely cool guy. He seems like he probably liked it, not for the fact that... Got my eyes on you, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. <laughs> like, his sense of humour came across in that, uh, that Insta, and it... I think he was liking that because it was a case of, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I know this is a bit crap. Yeah, <laughs> so like, massive shout out to uh, to Mister Cohen, and if you fancy coming on the Fret Talk podcast, we will we will absolutely make it our business to to accommodate you. <laughs> uh, some breaking news: you can now buy five set of Final Fantasy fourteen Crystal Shard picks. i did not know this will thank you so much i'm so buying this yeah i mean that's it's definitely a thing right so i think that's they they look pretty cool they are not worth 35 pounds but they look pretty cool so we're gonna end the podcast there for this week um massive massive shout out to everyone who's made it this far because we've waffled as we sometimes do um, but you are MVPs of this podcast listening experience, so give yourself a pat on the back. But make sure you do it only with one hand because you're driving at the moment. Or doing something else da- with the other. Yes, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> to our, to our um, dulcet tones, hello. This is. Um, I want to give an. Ex- what's, what's that? What's what's that? Um, audio sensory. ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. 
Hi, this is uh, Lee speaking. Yeah, we're not, we're not accidentally giving people erections as they're driving. Oh, nothing That's accidental not about it at all, mate. Hey, you don't know. <laughs> you, you have That's no idea. Intentional. Uh, don't kink shame. Um, okay, I, I won't kink shame. If, if, this, if, this is your, <laughs> if this exact thing is your bag, you know what, go for it. Not yourself, eh? Mate, our, our, our uh, listener rates are going to shoot up now. Or something's going to shoot <laughs> Not up. Not the anyway. only thing that's shooting up. Yeah. Um, right, so that's a lovely way to segue into the people who pay us to do this shit. Um, <laughs> the Patreon backers. For as little as $2 a month, you can be one of those those awesome people. Um, they are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ, 37 effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and the Just Surprise Me podcast. Mr. Hugh G. Rection. Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups and Mr. Brian Gurr of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. I have a question. Oh, yeah. How did that sound? Because okay. this is a different table. Was that a good one? Well, yeah, that was a good one. Let, it was very girthy. Let's get some feedback in, in the in the Fret Talk podcast group. It's a big loud tone right there. That's it. Get, <laughs> big loud tone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so if you want to catch me online, you can find me at Budget Pedal Chap at Instagram, at Facebook, and at YouTube. YouTube is, of course, the home to the No Talkal Tone series and the No Talkal Tone versus series, which seems to be on an upward upward trajectory. So be one of those cool kids who watched it before it was cool. Um, because we're going places, man. We're going places. Um, Lee, we can find you at Pedal Boards of Doom. Yes, Pedal Boards of Doom on it? YouTube, on Facebook, of course. You've got the Facebook page. Don't go there. Facebook group, that's where you want to be. The uh, it's, it's out. Exactly. We've got the Instagram. We've got the Instagram <laughs> we got the Instagram. The, we are okay, on the man. interweb, and um, and yeah, we might even be on TikTok if um, I don't know someone wants to do it. Will you like TikTok? <laughs> you can do, do like TikTok. You can do our TikTok. Oh dear. Okay. Little boards of TikTok. <laughs> I, if that was if that was the, the job application, that was a very easy process. Indeed. Done. Yeah, and there have been worse interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it went well. Um, Indeed, <laughs> and and Will, we can find you. I know we can find Will. At... You can find him on Pedalboards of Doom TikTok. On TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> launching this August. Uh, yeah, uh, a rocket complex uh, dot com uh, slash pedals for the pedal, but a rocket complex on many things. Um, YouTube, uh, Apple Music. If you would like to listen to some funk and punk mashed up. Uh, I think that's it. Come with peas you know, and gravy. You can also find me in the pub. You know, see me buy, buy me a pint. I'm probably oh, tired. Pub would be nice. I could, I could, I could use a pint. I could do with yeah. a pint. Yeah. Oh, it's not that late. I might go. Uh, might have a. Why don't you guys come over here? Have a wander and, um, over. Come over here and bring the pub with you because we don't really have them. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice. What? You don't have pubs in Sweden? They're very few and far apart. They got bars, yeah, probably. It's so expensive in them as well. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, you're gonna have to come over. But you have to come over via Germany and pick some shit up on the way. Cool. Why don't we just meet in Germany and because those guys love a love a drink, don't they? We could go to Music Mesa. That'd be fun. Should. Yeah. 
Why? Let's like beer, <laughs> sausage, music fest. Let's okay. do it. A what you say? I'll bring the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> right, gentlemen. Rather than organising European trips, we should talk about um, ending this podcast right now. So, from myself, Mister Budgie Paddle Chap, from Mister Lee Paddabadabadabadabadadoo, say bye, Lee. Goodbye, everyone. And from Lee, not Lee, the other one. Secondly. Second, I'm secondly, secondly yeah. Secondly, um, Will, we have Will. Will with the hair. Secondly, we have Will, yeah. Yeah. Styled out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally worked. No one noticed. It's fine. So it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Oh. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Vibes. Hang up. No, you hang up. What do people play cricket with? But done, done, perfect. It, it loops back into the seat. It loops back into the into the episode. <laughs>